Hi, I'm Lara Bennett, and you're listening to Highway Butterfly, the stories of Neil Cassell. Neil was a gifted singer, songwriter, musician, and friend to many. He released 14 albums as a solo artist and collaborated on countless projects with other musicians. After his passing in 2019, his friends and family created the Neil Cassell Music Foundation to provide instruments and music lessons to students in New York and New Jersey and to support organizations that offer musicians mental health care. One of the featured projects of the newly formed foundation is the tribute album, Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell, a sprawling 41-song collection bringing together a galaxy of rock and roots luminaries. We've asked the contributing musicians to share their memories of Neil and their stories of making the record. Highway Butterfly, The Songs of Neil Cassell is out on November 12th. Pre-order the album and learn more about the Neil Cassell Music Foundation at neilcassellmusicfoundation.org. Hi, Farmer Dave. How are you? Hello, hello, and hello to everybody out there as we celebrate Neil Cassell. How's everybody doing, past, present, and future? All right. So... You are a musician who, like Neil, is a solo artist, a collaborator, part of countless bands, and you played with Neil on his solo records and as a part of Beachwood Sparks, Skiffle Players, Emerald Triangle, and possibly more things I don't even know about. Did I miss anything? You know, uh, we'll want to discuss playing with Jonathan Rice in the band Death Valley. We had some great adventures there. All right. We'll get there. Did you first meet Neil through Beachwood Sparks? Yes, I did. We were starting our tour with the Black Crows. Uh, Chris Robinson was digging our music, and that led us to getting Neil to join the band and kind of round us out. And it was a wonderful time and a wonderful experience, and uh, that became a brother to me from that U.S. tour there. Just a solid, sweet fellow with a lot of stories, a lot of humor, play his face off and sing his face off, which was very useful and helpful. And of course, good for a band dynamic to have somebody like that in it to kind of get you out of any patterns, you know, road rage against your mates. You know, Neil already had a great presence in that way. And we had a lot of fun, made some cool music right there from the get-go. At that time, did you hear his solo records at all or what did he tell you about his musical life outside of Beachwood? He was always pretty chill about uh, everything he'd done and his accomplishments. Uh, a lot of things I didn't find out till I flew out to Port Chester in the Capitol theater. You know, after he passed, I actually met a lot of people and a lot of pieces got put together that really blew everybody's mind. People who'd been around Neil in this era or that era didn't totally know all of the things added up. Not that he was a chameleon, but he was uh, prodigious. He was busy. He was always making music and he was a paladin of peace, you know. He had a great way about him. And he still does to me. He's, he's not here in the present sense physically, but emotionally and through music and vibes, he's, he's here, you know. Yeah, I think that's especially evident with this tribute album. Yeah, and just to answer your question a little bit more, after uh, we had done that tour, he laid some music on me, 
at some point, hazy malaise he gave me. And then he also st would start to ask me to play a little bit on some things he was doing. I appear on a couple of his solo things. And uh, you may not know that we also shared an apartment in Highland Park. I sort of sublet it while he was on the road. I was on the road, but less so. So it's this beautiful apartment, and uh, my records were kind of in the shelves in front of his records, but I would also be able to listen to his records, and we've been friends like that. He's uh, it's kind of pointed the way in a lot of areas for me, even now, living in Ventura, which he did first. So I wanted to touch on those solo records that you performed on. You played on Return in Kind, which is the collection of cover songs that he did and yeah. Roots and Wings as well. Do you have any memories or stories from recording those albums? Just that we did the song about uh, it sure is raining in the state of Oregon, you know, and it was very whimsical and he was stoked. Said it sure is raining here in the state of Oregon. Well, you see those engines looking down in the water. They say the river, that's the spirit's daughter. Put a call up to Portland on a public telephone. I hope I can get whimsical like that again. Back in those days, I was more elf-like. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was a good time. The, the mid-late 2000s were magic. Yeah. Well, those are great records. And I think that's, is that a Michael Hurley song? The Portland Water? Yeah. yeah. It's very, he's a whimsical songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a serious character <laughs> for sure, yeah. So then after that, was Death Valley or Emerald Triangle first? We, we toured with Jonathan Rice. Uh, he's a great, great guy, Scottish-born artist, and uh, he'd been on Warner Brothers at the time. And Neil and I and he were a trio. It was wonderful. We drove around in a big Yukon, and uh, we toured the U.S. with Mason Jennings and pretty quickly got over to England and opened for R.E.M. at uh, Soccer Arena in Wales. And uh, we played at Hyde Park, the three of us, in front of like 65,000 people before R.E.M. played. And it was just wonderful, you know. Had a great show at the 100 Club, too, which was a kind of legendary London venue. A lot of memories and just laughing the whole time, you know. Neil's always had, we had a lot of inside jokes. He was really into this celebrities at their worst which were these collections of like Elvis or different people getting caught being kind of crazy on recordings. And we would recite those. He would recite them, but he trained us. Jonathan and I still quote those things all the time. I think we met at La Habana after Neil passed, definitely needed a tequila or something. And we're just telling a lot of those jokes and it helped out, which is what I think those things do when you're a touring musician. The jokes get your spirits up. You really don't have any business in that business if the wear and tear of the industry is going to get you down. But unfortunately, as we've learned as a community, even successful musicians, it can be a tough road 
you know? So now that we've moved through time and space in that way, uh, there's a lot of healing to be done and a lot of family and community coming together around Neil and not because of Neil. I mean, we're all moving and grooving at our own speeds, but the point is that the love that's there is what we celebrate and we can look out for each other now. You know, if you're out there and you're having a difficult time, you're not alone. And maybe the model of what musician means going forward can change, you know. We can help each other out more and kind of new kinds of communication can come out. But, you know, at its most basic level, bands take care of each other anyways as best they know how. We may not have all the answers for each other and there may always be things that not everyone knows about us, but bands at their best are families. That's certainly evident with all of the bands that you both were and are still a part of, which is really beautiful. So after you and Jonathan Rice and Neil were performing, is that when Emerald Triangle started? Yeah, a couple years later. And that was pretty cool because Neil was playing bass. I don't know if he did that a lot, but that was Jonathan Rice, Jonathan Wilson, Andy Kabik from Vetiver, Colin LaRock, <laughs> great drummer surname. And uh, yeah, we toured up in Northern California for harvest time. We got to do some trimming up there, got to play and explore the, that world. That was a fun band. And one other quick story for you is that Neil and I drove the U-Haul home. You know, I don't, I don't think we drew the shortest straw. We were just like, let's do it, which is great because now there aren't more chances to do that with Neil. So I'll always have this. We were driving south on the five, getting near the grapevine. And, you know, I don't know why, but I don't think either of us had really heard Carousel Ombra by Led Zeppelin before. And it came on as we were driving. We may have been a little cosmically enhanced, but it was blowing our minds. You know, that song keeps going on and on, too. And we kept looking at each other like, ah! <laughs> so if you're out there and you haven't heard Carousel Ombra, you could put that on for, for us or... Maybe if you've heard it, you can just imagine it felt like we were in Space Mountain, you know, heading up the grapevine there. And, you know, it was just a cherished thing. That and there was a show just north of Mendocino that was really heartbreakingly good because everyone in the band did a solo few songs before. And we all just, I got teary. It was, it was just wonderful, you know. Anytime you can do something like that, put something together that kind of creates a happening, you got to do it, you know. Just trust that it's a it's in divine cosmic order and hit that go button, baby. Well, talk about a dream team. And I mean, those are all, you're all incredible artists. And you, each of you have contributed to Highway Butterfly. So there you go. It's full circle. Yeah, yeah family style and uh, past, present and future family style. Totally. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that even came about? Were you guys just hanging out and were like, let's play some shows or what happened? Hey, I like weed. Me too. <laughs> let's go play where they're growing it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, right, the plant, maybe the plant told us to do it. The, the greater plant mind of the earth goddess. But uh, it was also just in the fun of exploration. And there was a lot happening then. We were all hanging out at Jonathan Wilson's, playing a lot of music at these kind of really focused, really fun all-night jams. You used to have to go 
bury some beer up in the hills behind the house. So at 3 a.m., when all the suckers had drank everything, you could go dig up your special stash. <laughs> and uh, I remember Adam McDougall came to one of those, and him and Chris really locked playing Johnny Hathaway music. And the CRB, you know, I was a DJ at some of those shows, and then I phased out. When I phased back in, I was so surprised. The CRB really did live up to this idea of producing this whole village. The fans, the close friends, the crew, when everything was working at its maximum, it was a really progressive scene. And a lot of people having a lot of fun and really caring about each other, you know. I saw that CRB film and I thought it really showed the kind of, it's very brave to do that. And I could see how that took a toll on everybody over the eight years they, they were in that project. But you got to remember the good times with the CRB and definitely want to say what's up to all the CRB freaks and family out there. But uh, it was great. You know what I mean? And I, what I'm yeah. trying to say is I know from some chat rooms and Facebook, I, I like to see everybody celebrating Neil. I think I see you do that too, right? And I oh, just yeah. want to say like, it hurts sometimes to care. Like, it's hard for me to think about Neil sometimes. But I've got my friends who love him, too. Sometimes one of us will just still burst into tears. and But we'll be stoked, you know. This was a true paladin, a true warrior, and a, a true knight who uh, really influenced everyone who got to know him. And uh, that's why we're talking. And that's why we made this beautiful music. I got to know Dave Schools because of, unfortunately, the, we may have met, but we didn't meet until the Capitol Theater show. And it was like losing a brother, but gaining one, you know? So that's sort of the way of things. It hurts like hell. And that's why I'm saying just to give me a shout if it gets too much. Like, that's what I do. I think we should all be in touch with each other and just sort of be present. I would rather not run from these tough feelings of losing such a cool guy and go drown them or not focus on them. Like, I think it's, we're in it together. And we got Michelle August in the jungles of Mexico. We got a great team on the case. And I think you're, you're right. You know, it can hurt, but it's, it's better to work through it and remember all the good times. And I mean, all the amazing music, you know, that's the, the good the good thing that we still have. So you mentioned, you know, you met Dave Schools, who's producing an album for you. And what other ways has recording all of the songs that you contributed to on Highway Butterfly? How else has it manifested things in your life? Like, I know that you have so many band members with Farmer Dave's Dave and Wizards of the West now. Did any of those people come through, Neil? Lauren Barth did. She sings Lost Satellite which I play on. It's a heartbreaking tune and she really did great. And uh, we met her through Neil, I believe. Again, kind of like Dave, maybe the atmosphere would have brought us together, but I, I think that was his gift to us and we're not even getting into the surfing world yet. But I would say uh, I was so happy to be able to play a few times on this thing. And each of the songs has something really powerful going on. It was really something to have You Don't See Me Crying kind of chosen to be one of the flagship tunes and to have that video made, that really meant a lot.
Beachwood Sparks, uh, Neil believed in us so much and a lot of friends told us how much it meant to him to jam with us. And that means so much. It meant a lot then, but now it's just like, I'm, I'm flying because of that. I guess that's the thing. It's emphasized the gifts that, that we have and that we have had. Nothing lasts forever, unfortunately. So says Kansas in Dust in the Wind. The earth and the sky, right? But the point is, like, you consciously focus on joy, and then it's like you use your body's energy system to regulate and to be positive. And Neil's a funny cat, and there's been a lot of beauty. The other thing I would say is that both Lauren and myself decided we're going to Antioch University at the time of this interview, we're going, we're going back to school both to be able to have degrees in uh, counseling and clinical psychology. I've been working as an energy healer and I can do sound bath and energy work. And now this kind of state licensed therapy angle, I think Neil's a huge influence. I've had some great experiences with music cares and I think I'm aiming my life towards being of service and learning to heal and heal myself. I think if that resonates with any of you, you can get in touch with me either with questions or ideas, because that to me is what's happened and also is the village. Like Adam, Neil's dear brother from uh, the CRB and from uh, Circles Around the Sun. I just saw him last night and when we hugged, he said he loved me and it's like, oh my God. I mean, I'm sure we always thought that way, but now we say it. We can't go and analyze what we did or didn't do right in the past, but Love is the answer. Love and reaching out when you need help. And that's the hardest thing to do. It's not even pride. It's just like, I'm not going to criticize society. It's just hard. Some humans have tons of tools to do these things. But most people I know, especially like Neil made us have to look a little deeper at like, holy cow, like what can really be going on? Like Neil was a leader. There's a burden there, but... uh, We all leave, we all come and go from this life on the planet. So for me, the decision to to be a little different, like I'm not as ambitious about having a career or getting ideas as being in community and watching what happens when community flourishes. I think it might be a planetary model too, but Neil's a huge influence on that because it He's just such a cool and powerful dude that losing him, it's not like it demanded something, but it's kind of like the laws of thermodynamics. Matter can't be created or destroyed. So in this case, we create life and love and support. I mean, obviously, if any of us could go back and give more love to the situation, we would. And maybe that's a kind of a meditation thing that is healing. But in the physical realm now, we've got each other. So don't be a stranger. That's my theory. I love that. I love that you guys felt compelled to go back to school. And, you know, that it's, it's really beautiful. And we can talk about community and family, but that's like a very direct action, which I think is really important. Yeah, I'm hoping so. And if you've ever seen Rodney Dangerfield back to school, that's my model. <laughs> Well, congratulations and obviously wishing you the best and all the success uh, in your studies. That's really exciting. 
Um, so you play, obviously, on You Don't See Me Crying, on Lauren Barth's Lost Satellite, and Rachel Dean's So Far Astray. Yeah. How was recording those songs with all those friends and family members in Plyer's studio? Lost Satellite was really good, but it was really tough. Rachel Dean song was the most I got. I feel like I got away with something because I didn't get super sad that day. Felt super positive and that we got something cool. You don't see me crying like you did see me crying like uh, <laughs> I went in and Trevor was playing the drums really great and I just looked at him and I asked some question about a, like a microphone. So, ah! <laughs> ah! I was like, oh man, I, I know we're not that close, but I I can't I couldn't hold it together and I didn't want to, you know. But Jim Scott, yeah. I'm sure you'll hear this again and again with interviewing people like. He's a master at his trade. His studio, his technique, and his methods were were wonderful. And I've never had uh, played with my steel guitar sounding that dope. No offense to the past, but like it sounded so cool that I was really honored. And uh, yeah, I really liked what was going on around there, more or less. You know, like it was a lot to deal with. And COVID also started in the middle of it, which is so crazy. And then. Um, I played on something too with Cass McCombs. Yes. And that's a song that Neil wrote for the Skiffle players. You'll miss it when it's gone. I think it was a consciously written kind of a tune in that way. And it's a beautiful song. So that was really cool. And the Skiffle players, if you haven't heard those albums, they're there. And I, I recommend them, not just because I'm part of it, but I think there's some really beautiful work and collaboration there. have been so long I couldn't be much farther from home I used to know you I used to feel that things could be different but that time is gone the river flies 
one of my I mean I say that they're all my favorite projects uh but the skiffle players is it's so timeless and you guys were obviously having a great time anytime that anyone would see you play everyone was had these giant grins on their faces and it was just so apparent that everyone was having a blast and just loved doing it what can you tell me about that time and how the skiffle players came together it was super magical uh the mother hips have a music festival still going called the Hipnick over at Fernwood. And we were going there a lot. And then one year I got to curate a festival for the Mollusk Surf Shop. But the Hipnick had opened the door to this model. And of course, Britt from Folk Yap Productions, one of our heroes, one of the heroes of the tale. And so we put together that project to support Cass McCombs. It was basically guys from Beachwood Sparks, really. Dan Horn, myself, Neil, and Aaron Fire Spursky on the drums. And it was really great. It was called the McCombs Skiffle Players for a second. And Cass had been like, man, I want to be in a band, you know. And uh, we really did base that first album and the first performances on his songbook and a few really cool old songs like Cuckoo Bird and Only Wise and things. But then by that next EP and by the second record, Cass really wanted us all writing and singing. So that's another great thing. For Neil Heads, uh, I think he sings Dearest by Buddy Holly on the EP. version of crystal chandeliers i don't know if it came out but we have it somewhere and then on the record skiff he sings a song that Cass wrote for him called los angeles alleyways and the song he wrote for us you'll miss it when it's gone which is it's a really dope recording we had a lot of fun a lot of first takes make it onto those albums you can kind of tell that there's a certain off-the-cuff feel once in a while but it's real. Bleep. That's me uh, bleeping out the word shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just call it skip. But yeah, Neil was great. It's a little difficult in the last couple of years. We weren't able to, to have Neil as much as we might have liked, you know. But what we did is great. And we had some face-melting shows while we still could. There was a few, you know, a few that were zipping. Yeah, I can't overstate enough how awesome skiffle players are. And I think uh, even I'm guilty of like sometimes leaving them off of my Neil comps, you know, Um, but you guys were really 
amazing and and fun and really classic with all those traditional tunes. And You'll Miss It When It's Gone is like one of the last real Neil songs that he wrote and recorded. So that's pretty special that you picked that song to perform. And I think it's a really great tribute. These nights have been so long I couldn't be much further from home I used to know you I used to feel that things could be different But that time is gone The withered flowers and the Yeah, if I would have known when we did it, how true it was, I I don't know if I could have done it, but we were probably within the last year, you know? Yeah, right. I remember seeing you perform it at Mollusk in L.A., and, and I was so excited. Did you see that 360-degree camera that was there? Yes, I did. I was right behind There's it. 360-degree footage on YouTube where you can drag the mouse and just look at the audience and stuff or look at one yeah. of the bands. It's pretty hip. <laughs> See, that's the thing. It's like we only played some of those new songs at that surf shop. That was it. Mm-hmm. But there's something poetic in that. And I think that we always thought that project was a little bit of an underdog. And even Beachwood Sparks had a little bit of that. We were feisty, you know, and... We had some really groovy people all over the world, but we always felt like a little bit, I don't know, like we weren't in the pop charts necessarily, but there's different charts, you know, what's the favorite music for plants or spirits or, you know, there's so many kinds of music now more than ever really got to just believe that what you're doing is, is real and not count the likes or anything, you know, but I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, fans will get to, from maybe this collection of Neil stuff, they'll get to discover that project and the other projects that the Tarnished Gold Beachwood Sparks record Neil's a part of has a lot of beautiful stuff too. And yeah, oh, yeah. it's just, uh, it, it's good to know we spent our time so well, you know, and the, the time we spent is etched into grooves on wax. It's cool. Yeah. So yeah, you know, just like so much love to everybody out there and appreciating Neil right now. And uh, with all your own creative stuff, just do it. You got to, we got to express what's inside of us. And I think that's how we can change and heal the world from ourselves first. Yeah. On that note, I did want to ask you a little bit about how you as a musician and human in life, have found the ability to love yourself and take care of yourself mentally and physically and spiritually? It's been tough. (laughs) Some are born to sweet delight. Some are born to endless night. But uh, never did have much stage fright, you know. I think reggae music is one way. Some roots reggae, Bob Marley and Lee Perry. If you're feeling anxious or depressed, get some Earth Man in you, you know. Get some... Righteous vibrations, 
because you know sometimes scriptures are hard to digest and but to me that's some righteous music fisherman by the congos you just get there's soul music that'll help you number two uh there's so many of these things I could recommend that I still struggle with, to be honest. Uh, I do work as a healer, but I have a lot of times when I don't feel that good. Like I get, I'm not a violent or angry person, but I will take it in. But maybe uh, I might be bad news for like a bag of chips or something. <laughs> Look out, chips. <laughs> but yeah, Qigong, man, like energy studies are really great. You can recalibrate yourself also changing your brain waves with alpha wave music good alpha theta is a little deep i would start with alpha youtube has tons uh, you can also use your talent more sing dance you'd be surprised how little i was doing that a few months ago and i'm forcing it now i go jogging with my puppy i like play and sing at the piano sometimes as a creator you play at a gig but you wouldn't even play piano like for your family or something. You're like, I don't know anything. It's like a different part of your brain. And I think the thing to do now is total forgiveness, baby. Total forgiveness. And asking for help, of course. Those are a few things. I like plants. I like plant medicines, vegetables, fruits, all of those things. Righteous food is huge. Pure water and also being in prayer for pure water for the world, being in service to the world, being in prayer for the healing and awakening of humanity, for the emergence of a new type of human consciousness that could be in alignment with future generations' needs, the needs of the planet, and the ability of ourselves to be present as spirit inside of a body, in alignment with the movement of the stars, the heavenly bodies, the growth of plants, the lilies in the field. That sort of way of living, it's not that easy to get to in our modern day and age, but just look at a dang polar bear swimming around with no place to walk and uh, call somebody up. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you know, I think it's not just a good idea. It's imperative to find the ways that we can I have some days where everything goes so well and I'm like, wait, I feel I felt good the whole day and everything was really cool. I don't want to wake up. Is it a dream? But it's just intention. And it's also like the Japanese saying, fall down seven times, stand up eight. Or like Groundhog Day. Don't think about solving everything in one day or you're going to need a Xanax bar. Like just to health, Lahayam and, and time. If you can have time, let your hair grow, tackle that email list a little bit at a time and know that one day it's not all these jerky motions. That's usually sometimes you'd be like, man, I've been on this group for three weeks and it's working, but it's not our schedules are so full. A lot of us that that's not easy. So it's really good to share trips of the trade. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all of that advice. <laughs> that's pretty great. And last but not least, another tool that you haven't mentioned is surfing. That was obviously really important to Neil and I think for you too. Yeah, I just went surfing today and it's so good you remembered that because I didn't know Neil surfed at first. Maybe he didn't, but uh, he made his own friends in Ventura. He made his own connections with 
some of my friends like Chad and Chase Marshall and we were having a lot of music at Mollusk too in Venice when Chad was there. Like a lot of great musicians were coming through. Jackson Brown and Billy Gibbons and Charlie Sexton, Ben Montench. There was a lot of cool people coming through there, not even counting people of our world, which would have been, you know, like Blake Mills originally was there a lot. And he had a lot to do with kind of some of the other characters starting to come. But yeah, Neil was there. I'll never forget. I drove up with some of the guys to Sea Street Ventura. I remember catching a pretty sweet wave, pretty big, blasting on a longboard all the way across the, the inside there of the point. And when I turned around after the wave, Neil was just bombing. He was on this, it's about overhead, but a lot of power. And he looked like Master Splinter from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He had total focus and he had kind of Kung Fu hands. was blasting the lion, dude. And it was like, ah, I had never seen that. I, You know, like not only did he surf, but he had applied himself. I'm sure he never bragged about it to anybody because he didn't to me. But he, the man had had some chops, you know. And there's a couple other times. I lived on a farm in Ojai for a while and came to visit him. There's a picture of us with 805 written on our knuckles in Sharpie, just kind of goofing around. And he took some pictures of me surfing that day. And that's the other thing is his photography. is uh, He's got so much cool stuff going on there. But, yeah. I think sometimes I hear, you know, we did his paddle out here in Ventura. That was really tough. And then our friend Jess, also on the anniversary, we had a little floating kind of altar and some surfers paddle it out for us out into the water. And I feel like I'll hear him tell me to go surfing. Just just do it. Make the time and do it. Because I don't know why. Beachwood Sparks, we seem to have our, like, spelunking lantern about sort of the pitfalls of being a human being. Like, I don't know why there's all these psycho-spiritual conundrums and traps, and I hope for most people it's not the case, man. You know, maybe for some of us, if we're artists or we're sensitive or all human beings are sensitive, but we allowed space. So it's like a companion is darkness. It's so easy to get lost. It's so easy to just be having a bad day and surfing will really help that even though the water has what they call negative ions it's really positive and the people you're going to meet in the surfing world are going to reinforce some really groovy business man those waves come from the cosmos and the moon and they travel the earth and then come to the shore like that is cosmic business and it really leads to good things so, yeah, I, I've surfed my whole life, and uh, I was glad that Neil and I were able to link up like that. It was really cool. And he's still getting tubed now, man, out into the ether sphere, silver surfer style, right? Yeah, into the sea. Cosmic sea. Well, yeah, and I think getting in water, however you do it, with or without any other mechanisms, is very, very therapeutic, but... That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, Farmer Dave, thank you so much for all of your insights and your memories of Neil. Is there anything else that you want the world to know about him or your friendship or your time making music together? Just that I think I think Neil would want everybody to to be kind to themselves, you know? 
and to not hesitate, you know, with your passion, with your ability to love, with, with your ability to really express who you are, don't hesitate. And don't hesitate to ask for help. We really need a world where people can communicate and not think that they have to suffer alone or in vain. Like, that's got to be done. You know, not just for musicians, but for all, everyone in the tribes and the families. The healing is beginning, and we got to flip ourselves to being on that. So being in service, to be healing, to let the good times roll, you know. And just bless you, everybody out there. Bless you, Neil Casal. Mucho aloha, everybody. All right. Thank you, Farmer Dave. Take care. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Backline, the music industry's mental health and wellness resource hub. Launched in 2019, Backline gives artists, crews, and their families quick and easy access to mental health and wellness resources. Backline provides individuals with case management and offers virtual support groups as well as yoga, meditation, and breath work. To donate, learn more, or get in touch for personalized care, visit backline.care. That's B-A-C-K-L-I-N-E dot C-A-R-E. Thanks for listening to Highway Butterfly, the stories of Neil Casal. Tune in next week to hear more from the artists who made this tribute album a reality. Highway Butterfly, the songs of Neil Casal is out on November 12th. All album net proceeds go to the Neil Casal Music Foundation. You can pre-order the album and learn more at neilcasalmusicfoundation.org. Osiris.